Okay, we are live. Hello, Hoxie, Kansas. Hello, America. This is Justin at Seeking Context. I'm here with Emily Campbell, who is the founder and executive chef at The Elephant in Hoxie, Kansas. It's an upscale, amazing, fun restaurant. I've eaten here a few times. I'm excited to learn about how you uh, came up with the idea, how you got started, what's it like to run a business in this part of the country uh, successfully and find out all of the crazy stories that there must be behind this adventure for you. <laughs> So thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Um, and I, I wanted to start out by asking you, what's a typical day like for the owner and executive chef of a fine dining restaurant <laughs> in uh, the middle of the United States? Uh, that is such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I can't give you a specific answer because fortunately and maybe unfortunately it varies from day to day. So some days I'm jumping in here, putting away food orders. Sometimes I'm jumping in the kitchen doing prep. Sometimes I'm serving out front. Um, but a lot of times I'm just overseeing our amazing staff um, that we have been able to get in place and uh, just make sure things are running smoothly. I mean, we're really about the details and the experience around here. So it's just that constant walk through are things in place are things up to our expectations. So cool. Um, well, and uh, well, I guess I'm curious today. So you're not open on Mondays and Tuesdays, but there's a bunch of people downstairs doing a bunch of things. So what happens on these days when you're not open, when it doesn't look like to us that you're right? Open? Yes, I think that is what a lot of people don't know about the restaurant industry. And going back to not being open on Tuesdays, I just want to clarify, um, we are able we are open Tuesday nights now. We are able to get enough staff to do that, but we are so close Tuesday lunch. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's a lot that goes into a restaurant. And when you see all this amazing food, you know, somehow it has to be made enough ahead of time or cut or diced so we can cook it to order. Um, so there is prep going on. There's cleaning going on. There's um, back of house reporting and accounting. And I mean, you name it, we're constantly here. Food orders get put in over the weekends. I mean, it's we don't just lock the doors and walk out and come back in on, you know, Tuesday night or whatever the case may be. So, right. So do you have a day off? Um, you know, I like to say Sundays between the hours of about one to, you know, eight are my day, are, okay. is my time off. <laughs> but no, I'm usually even scheduling staff on Sundays. And like I said, our food orders are on Sundays and yeah, I like to equate it to like, for those of you who are in charge of creating like Thanksgiving meal or Christmas dinner, imagine that every day of your life. That's what we're doing around here. So. Right. So people are calling three weeks in advance, telling you like planning for a new menu item this year. Yes. Yes. And then, yes, of course, new menu items. We're, we're changing on our menu seasonally. So pretty much every six months. Um, and then we offer specials every week. So we're constantly brainstorming new things, testing new things. And, yeah. Right. Um, how about the staff? You said if there's a bunch of people downstairs. When I've been here, there are tons of people working around, walking around. How many people are on your team? Oh boy. Um, you know, we have so many part-time people working here, whether they're high school students, college students, people who have other jobs in the community that are just dedicating a little outside time um, to our full-time staff. And I would say um, on any given week, we have 30 to 40 people in the restaurant at some point in time. That's a lot. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and how do you find all of these people? Um, you know, word of mouth is our greatest tool. We try to advertise a lot through social media. Um, but it, yeah, once you start to get somebody in here who really enjoys working here, they try to bring their friends or, you know, tell somebody else about it. So that's that's been the best. Um, we, we still struggle, like every business, to find help. We're always mm -hmm. hiring. So anybody out there who wants to 
apply here. We're, we're hiring for almost every position, um, but we do like to make it a team atmosphere. And I think that's the other way that we're able to attract people is everybody helps everybody. I mean, you'll see me in the dish pit. You'll, like I said, see me out serving, bartending, cooking, you name it. Like I'm not afraid to dig in and I expect that out of everybody else. So. Right. Well, it sounds like a fun atmosphere. Yes, it is. It is. We do have a lot of fun here. <laughs> and are most of the people um, locals or do you have people coming in from the neighboring towns to work? Yes, um, we do. I would say probably about 60% of our staff is local Hoxie, um, but we have people traveling from Colby, Hill City, um, you know, a little bit further north, a little bit further south. So Okay. And what about the customers? How, from where, how wide of a um, catchment area do you pull in people to eat? Yeah, uh, that has been the most astonishing. I would say 90 mile radius is a, a general um, mm-hmm. assumption. We get people all the way from Russell, uh, north of McCook, Burlington, south to Garden City, and beyond. I mean, it's it's just been crazy that people who have traveled here just eat, and so it's awesome. Do they need a reservation? Yes, please. <laughs> I don't care if it's a I don't care if it's a Wednesday night or a Saturday night. Please call in. Um, sometimes our weeknights could be even crazier than our weekends, and I think people do show up thinking, "Oh, it's just a weeknight. We we can get in." But we've we've had troubles before, so right. So it might be a long wait yes. if you just decide to wing it. Yes, yes. I'm, our bars are always open seating, but we only have so many seats there. So okay, cool. Um, and. Tell me about the menu. Like you mentioned a little bit that like you, you do experiment with the menu. Um, how does that work? How do you create a menu for a restaurant? Uh, you know, that's the most fun part because we get to like just let our imaginations fly. Um, I always take a lot of inspiration from other restaurants, other chefs that I follow. Um, and of course, we try to source as locally as possible. So we, we look at the ingredients that are at their prime and are going to be the best in our food. And then we kind of go from there. So you won't see us using a lot of strawberries and, you know, fresh fruit of that sort in the winter time and vice versa in the summer, we're trying to gather as many tomatoes and all the fresh produce that, I mean, we have a lot of local farmers and producers around here who will come to us. So that's been awesome, but we really like to make it eclectic. I mean, we offer anything from seafood to Asian dishes to South, African dishes to, you know, Hispanic dishes, whatever the case may be, we really try to broaden people's horizons here. And so, but the menu will change if the ingredients available require it. Yes. Yes. Um, like I said, our menu, the, we will base it on the staples of what we know we can get year round and then we'll change it up depending on, you know, what's popular and what's, you know, best quality, I guess. Right. Say. And you mentioned seafood as an option. How do you get fresh seafood in the middle of the continental U.S. Yes, uh, you know, that has been a struggle. Our ahi tuna, we have not been able to source for almost a month now. And prior to that, it was out for two months before we could get it. It is. it is. I mean, it's possible through some of our vendors. But with the world today, anything that needs to come from afar is a little, a little harder to get. Right. So are the supply chain sort of challenges that are kind of affecting all consumers affecting you directly? 100%. I think everybody's in the same situation, whether it's food or paper supplies or construction material. I mean, we it's it's the weirdest little things too. You know, at one point it was the ketchup shortage. Like, why don't we, why, why can't we get ketchup right now? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, um, we were having issues with chicken. Chicken wings are a 
hot commodity and they have been for several months. So that obviously affects our pricing and what we can offer too. Right. I mean, chicken wings were, they're hot on your menu or just in the country they were popular and you <laughs> well, couldn't get well, them. Well, hot on our menu and short supply. So it's like if you could cabbage on to a case of chicken wings, you're, you're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most popular um, like food dishes on your menu? Yes, that is always such a loaded question. Um, for our big signature entrees, I say our dry-aged steaks are very popular. Mm -hmm. um, we source those from Vogue, Kansas, America's Best Steak. So they only come from about an hour away. Um, in terms of some of our other smaller dishes, our Asian lao mein is very popular. Our, um, we also source Wagyu beef, so our Wagyu sliders are a great item. Um, we offer house-made flatbreads and fresh salads that we get our lettuce from 4B Farms. So it's it's just kind of whatever you're in the mood for but those are a few of the best sellers for sure right and uh, when you like put a new menu item out like do you find that your tastes are can you predict what you think will be popular no <laughs> no not at all because what i think like the flatbread bread i put on the menu that i absolutely love is you know maybe not our best seller but that's why we utilize our specials every week to really test the waters. Like what is the public wanting? What are they willing to try? You know, what fits our, our uh, budget and what fits our kitchen style and we kind of go from there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, so how'd you learn to do all this? <laughs> so um, it's a long story, but diving into the culinary part of it, my husband and I moved to Seattle and I decided to switch career paths. And so I went, I attended Le Cordon Bleu while I was up there, got my culinary degree. And then I worked in several restaurants while I was up there um, under some pretty well-renowned chefs too. So that really helped me develop my skills and just have a greater understanding of a restaurant because nobody probably knows this about me besides a few people, but I have never worked a day in a restaurant until I went to culinary school. <laughs> so it was a, it was a treat trying to open one with um, not a lot of experience. Right. Well, what do they, what do they teach in culinary school? Is it, is it about a restaurant or is it about just doing a menu or what's the, if I want to go to culinary school, what am I going to learn? Sure. So there's, there's several different schools, several different certificates and degrees you can get. Um, I went to a, through a smaller program. So it was more focused on your technical skills, um, a little bit of menu development, development, but basically, yeah, you kind of went every six weeks from different topic to different topic. And you learned a lot more when you got into the actual restaurants. Um, so okay. yeah, I didn't learn a lot about restaurant management at all. Right. But, but your work experience gave you some exposure. Yes, yes, very much so. But this was your first restaurant? First restaurant, yes. Like I said, first um, full-time job in the industry. Um, like I said, I had never worked in a restaurant kitchen. I had never waited out front in a restaurant. I've always been in the business setting. My family um, has, uh, we have a family-owned business. And so I always helped with that. Um, same with my husband, he has a family-owned business. So. And I graduated K-State with an accounting and finance degree and was working as a CPA for several years before going to culinary school. So right. <laughs> it was eye-opening. Was your experience in accounting and CPA, is it relevant? Do you think it's been helpful I'd, in terms of being successful? Yes. it's. I mean, just to have the background knowledge of what a successful business should look like, how to analyze the numbers, um, you know, how to project your expenses and your revenues and you, you know, you're constantly tweaking your processes so you can make sure you're remaining profitable. Right. And so how did it get started? <laughs> when, and I guess I'm curious about like, 
you're in Seattle and you and your husband decided, let's go open a restaurant back home. Yes. Is, um, is he also from this area? Yes, he's okay. also from Hoxie. Um, Doug Campbell is his name. Um, like I said, they operate a construction business here in town. So we moved back to, so he could take over his dad's construction business because his dad was getting ready to retire. retire. And um, I originally had no plans to open a restaurant whatsoever. And so I was, again, working for our family business, helping out on the, the financial and office end of it. And um, some good friends of ours, Bonnie Cameron and Carla Footner, they approached us because I was just doing some side cooking for events and stuff and they're like you, you need an open restaurant your your food's just amazing and so they were such an amazing help to getting this place started um, the building became available it seemed like the perfect spot for a restaurant um, the perfect size and so we took it down to the dirt and reconstructed the whole thing and here we are cool yeah. how about where'd you come up with the name <laughs> again um bonnie and Karloff were a huge role in that and um you know, it has very a lot of hidden meanings behind it, but the elephant is the animal that always leads other animals to food and water. And so we wanted this to kind of be the watering hole of Northwest Kansas. They always say an elephant never forgets. So we want this to be a place that everybody, you know, always remembers. And then, um, you know, my dad would always say things to me that, you know, when I would get stressed out, eat the elephant one bite at a time. So it just all seemed to click when they kind of brought that to light. And I was like, yeah, I like it. Like it's unique, it's fun. And yeah. mm -hmm. and did you um, like dive in, you put your life savings into this? How does the financing of a restaurant uh, work when you're just getting started? Yes, um, it is a huge undertaking, a huge expense. And I'm the type of person, like if we're gonna do it, we're gonna go all out and we, we prayed and hoped that if we build it, they would come and they did. And so, yes, it has been personal investment, outside investment. Um, it's been a lot of help from everywhere. Right. And what, what did it take for the, the team? Is the core team you and your husband or are you and your husband and Bonnie and uh, Karloff? Or what's um, the, uh... Bonnie and Karloff were such a huge, yes, part of the core team originally. They are now have their own place called Orange over in Colby, Kansas. It's this amazing little cocktail lounge mm -hmm. bar and he offers a little bit of food too. Um, but currently, no, I have, like I said, I have a great staff um, on board with me and some leaders in place. So, I mean, I have a sous chef in the kitchen. I have um, my aunt Karen. She's like my main accounting bookkeeper, helper everywhere. Um, I have another leader, general leader in place as well that helps anywhere from out front to in the kitchen. So it's, it's a little bit of everybody. Yeah, it sounds like a, but everybody dove in at the start. and then A his, lot of them, yes, have been here at the beginning. So right. that's been great. What was opening night like? <laughs> so that was, oh, wow. If I have any words of advice for anybody opening a restaurant, please make sure you're prepared for opening night. <laughs> we decided to, um, so we had a lot of soft openings, but we decided to feature our opening night during our county fair week. Um, and if anybody's been to Hoxie America during County Fair Week, it's just pure chaos anyways. And so, I mean, this place was like packed from the front door to the back door. And, you know, my staff is new and the servers are just running around crazy. The kitchen is just going crazy. So it was a bit of a wait. It was a good learning experience. Um, and I know customers had to have some patience with us, but it was <laughs> it was it was everything. That's for sure. Well, you know, I'm curious, did it seem like. Hey, this can be successful. 
that that first night was it like okay this might work yes it was but at the same time it was like okay i i need to get a little more organized like this is i did not expect this to all come at once and so we have i mean and continuously we still are developing processes and procedures just to make sure we're providing the best quality of service and food and drinks to all of our customers right cool do you take do you take out we do. We do do takeout um, on busy nights. Uh, we do have to close it down just because our kitchen is very small. I'll have to show you after the fact, but <laughs> in, in redesigning this restaurant, I definitely would make it twice the size. Um, so unfortunately, our kitchen staff is just unable to handle the demand in house as well as carry out. So it just kind of depends. Right. Yeah. And um, I heard about you word of mouth. Uh, do you, how, how does marketing work out here in <laughs> Poxy, Kansas. If anybody has a really like good solution for that, let me know. Um, we've tried every <laughs> avenue. Fortunately, word of mouth is our best. Um, social media, we're huge on social media. Instagram, Facebook, Google, TripAdvisor, Yelp, you name it, you're going to see our name out there. We find that's the best ways to attract travelers off of I-70 because we're only 15 minutes off interstate. Um, that's how a lot of our local people follow us. And mm -hmm. we've done some advertising, a little through radio, a little through newspaper, but we've just found that's where most of uh, society is going is right. online. You doing TikTok videos down there in the kitchen? Not yet, but we have started planning for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean, they got a big user base. Uh, yeah, well, so. we, we have some behind the scenes ones, but we won't put those out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm curious if a person is thinking about, you know, you talked a little bit about the restaurant, but just starting a business or anything, you have advice for people, you know, you took the plunge yeah. and here you are. What was, what did, what happened that you didn't expect? Um, just about everything. And I think that's what every new business owner should expect, but I would just say, be prepared and be organized right off the bat. Like I said, don't rush into it. Uh, we had several soft openings before we fully opened, um, you know, from your financial, that's the biggest thing. Know your numbers, know your numbers, mm -hmm. where they're coming from, where they're going and then hire great staff and treat your staff well. And we, we tried, like I said, to really be team oriented around here. We want to have fun. We want this to be a place where employees walk in the door and want to be here because without good staff, um, your customers aren't going to be happy. And if staff's not happy, they're not going to produce the quality of product that you're looking for too. Yeah. Do you interview every candidate personally? How, how like once you get so big, it's hard to, it is, know, it is. Um, yeah. Most of the time I am the, the one-on-one -on -one contact for anybody wanting to work here. Mm -hmm. Um, and what do you think? I like to know everybody who's coming in and you know what their experience is and how they want to contribute to yeah. the elephant. And I guess what type of person are you trying to seek out? And uh, that's a great question. Honestly, we don't necessarily look for the most experience. We look for the person who's going to take the most initiative around here. We'll train you. We'll train you from the bottom up. That's no problem. But we look for people, again, who want to be team players, who uh, want to be leaders around here. There's always opportunities for advancement and promotion. Um, but we, we, we don't necessarily base it all on experience. Experience is great, and we'll take it. We're always right. open to suggestions and changing things. We're constantly changing things. So Right. So you, need, you have... You have Kitchen staff, line chefs, I assume, mm -hmm. and servers, back of the house accounting. Mm -hmm. Are those all of the roles? Um, bartenders. Bartenders. Bartenders, okay. servers, hosts, dishwashers, line cooks, prep cooks. Um, 
yeah, and then a little bit of administrative work. So. Okay. Wow, that's a lot of HR yeah. responsibilities for you. <laughs> yes, I'm almost to a point I need an HR person around here. Yeah, well, you are. I think you're over 30, right? Yes. Like they say in the startup, you need yes. somewhere around 30. You got to have somebody. Uh, and so uh, I'm curious, um, what do you have any like favorite stories from like either the time building it or some fun customers, you know, experiences that were memorable? Yes. Um, well, my favorite story, so when I very first opened, um, we our menu was is fairly large, about the same size that is, as it is now. And we were open for some lunches before we fully opened, and we were just so popular. My sister, my youngest sister, Ellie, was helping me, and she was helping me from front of house to kitchen. We would be up here till 2 o'clock every night, and I just remember one night we were making our, our Gouda cheese sauce that we use on a lot of things. And it was two 30 in the morning. And cause we had ran out of everything that day, everything. Like we couldn't, we couldn't make another sandwich or pizza or anything. Cause we were just flat out <laughs> of everything. And we looked at each other and it's like, it's two 30 and all we have is Gouda cheese sauce. Like I just, I had to, I, I had to put out a post. Like we couldn't be open the next night. Cause it was just, it was crazy, just the like I said, the amount of people that we got in right off the bat. So, Gouda cheese sauce is always our like <laughs> laughing story around here. Like, hopefully, it's not a two thirty Gouda cheese sauce night. <laughs> That's interesting. How difficult is it to sort of correctly uh, predict how much food you're going to need in terms of like, and do you, do you buy it like everything on Monday and then hope you have enough for the week? How it, does that whole situation work? Yes, it is extremely difficult to predict um, customer patterns. Um, after being open for over three years now, we start to see it a little bit, but you'll just, you, you can't tell. Like one week we sell out of Wagyu sliders every day and the next week we sell one set. Um, so we just really try to prep not a whole lot. We stay fresh, so we're prepping stuff every day. And that way, if we sell out, we'll just make a little bit more the next day. Um, and then yes, food orders, we get food deliveries twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. And so we're constantly just rotating food, constantly prepping food and just, and like right now, um, you know, last week was a little bit slower after the holidays, people slow down, they don't want to eat out as much. And so then you have to start to adjust your prep for that as well. And yeah, so it's, it's always a guessing game. <laughs> right. Well, with all of the food suppliers is, do you have like one vendor that sort of consolidates it all? Or are you placing orders with like eight different beef company and a produce company? You know, for the most part, we have two major food suppliers. Um, but like I said, we source so much locally that, yes, I am. I'm calling or I'm texting four beef farms every week. Like, this is how much we need. I'm calling, you know, America's best steaks to say this is how much I need delivered. So it is a constant. I'm communicating with a lot of individual businesses and people to get our food here. Yeah, it's kind of it's a, need to have a good uh, sort of trustworthy network. Yes, yes. But it's nice, too. And that's why I'm a firm believer in sourcing locally because you know where your food is coming from you know the whole romaine outbreak with all the e coli we didn't have to worry about it we knew our lettuce was safe it was coming from 30 miles away they take good care of it we're not in that national um spotlight right now and same when we had the beef shortages you know we still had somebody and we also source our local ground beef and stuff from a local farmer johnny jones and so it's like i i know i'm good because i have people around here taking care of me and i right. want to take care of them too and they would probably give you a heads up if they saw we're gonna have a problem in two weeks exactly exactly it's it's definitely better communication than what you get with just a big 
chain supplier. Yeah, cool. Well, I sort of glossed over earlier. I'm interested in the, it sounds like there's a bunch of sort of historical elements to the building itself. Yes. And I wondered if you could talk about that background and like the history of the building even. Yes, um, so this is one of the oldest buildings in Hoxie, Kansas, um, built in 1905. It has went through several phases. Um, you can actually see the mural behind us. This is from 1936, around there. Um, Main this Street is Hoxie? Hoxie. This is Main Street Hoxie. That's cool. So if you see, you see the one with the cafe, we're in the building right next to it. So it was a fashion shop originally to begin with, from what we could tell. Um, turned into a jewelry store. It was a jewelry store for years and years. We actually bought it from that family after the jewelry store owner passed away. Um, and so now it is a restaurant, but yes, like I said, we took it down to the dirt. Um, if you've ever been in here, you've seen our exposed brick walls that used to be covered in plaster. There used to be a second level in the front that was an apartment above the building. Um, we took that out, but we salvaged all the flooring and made all of our tables out of it. Um, and then added this back mezzanine level. Um, the jewelry store owner's safe where he would keep all of his jewels and stuff. We turned that into our walk-in cooler because it was a big concrete room. Um, so, uh, and then uh, Bonnie Cameron was so gracious in donating a bowling alley lane. Her grandma used to own the bowling alley in Hoxie. Uh -huh. And so she had one of the old bowling alley lanes. And so our bar is constructed from the bowling alley lane um, that she donated. The surface of it is the yeah. word of that lane. Yeah. So if you look down there, you'll see all the little markings that you know, you see in a bowling alley lane. That's cool. So yeah, lots of history. And we try to, we try to promote that. Um, Cause like I said, commute, we're all about community and without supporting each other, this place would not be alive. I've had so many community, community members who have supported us and it's, it's been great. That's cool. And so did your, your husband owns a construction company, right? Yes. Were, were they uh, part of the construction process yes, here? I they assume? were the contractors for the project. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, and then he's never constructed a restaurant either. So that was a challenge and making sure we had everything good to go. And, you know, the white, right water lines in place and electrical and all that yeah. good jazz. How long did the construction process take? We purchased the building in October 2017, I believe, and it took us um, almost eight months to fully construct. Okay. So, like I said, we had to really, uh, I mean, at one point in time, the whole front of our building was open because all the windows were removed. We redid the entire roof, so there was no roof on the building. I mean, basically, we had two walls standing, uh, <laughs> and then we put it all back together. <laughs> did you conceive the plans yourself, or did you have an architect come in? Um, we did hire some outside engineers to help us with some of the HVAC and um, made technical issues like that. But then my Doug's sister, Kelly Meyer, um, is an interior design and she helped us design this. I would say, here, here's my Pinterest page. Help me make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, she was a huge, huge part in the whole aesthetic part of this. Yeah. Well, and so the aesthetic and the dining experience is upscale. Yes. And did you debate um, whether or not to go that direction? I don't know that there's a restaurant like this within 100 miles. Uh, yes, um, we debated to what extent we should take it. And my thoughts were we always we need to make it somewhere where people can walk in in their black suit and dress and feel like they can get an amazing dinner or you can walk in with your muddy cowboy boots and get a hamburger. And that's really what we are. I mean, you'll see all of the above. Um, we want to make it approachable to everybody. That's why our menu is so diverse. 
Um, but yeah, in terms of just the decor, like I said, I we would travel a lot and I would just pay attention to restaurants and what I liked about them and what I didn't. And then this is kind of how it all happened. But we, you know, when you've been away from Northwest Kansas and you've experienced some other things and you come back, it's like, we're missing, we're missing that. Like we Mm -hmm. need a place where everybody can go celebrate and sit down and just enjoy a meal and not be rushed out. Like it's, we encourage everything from the appetizers to the coffee and desserts and everything in between. So. Yeah. Well, in all those travels, um, you mentioned earlier that you follow some chefs and you follow some other restaurants, got recommendations on where we should go. (laughs) It depends on what city and what town and um, yeah. And if they're still there, I would love to go back to Seattle to see what's, you know, still remaining after the whole pandemic. And um, yeah, I guess nothing really too specific. My heart's always been in Manhattan, Kansas, where we went to school at. So bourbon and Baker Harry's used to be a very classy restaurant. Unfortunately they've closed since COVID. Um, But yeah, some of those places, even there's a little taco shop called taco Lucha downtown in the college district area and it's just all of those kind of helped formulate this that's cool yeah um how did you fare during the pandemic what happened out here um you know fortunately our regulations weren't as strict as you know the bigger cities on the east side of the state Mm -hmm. so we were closed down to to to-go orders only for approximately two months that was that was tough i couldn't all of my front of house staff had no positions really available besides, you know, one person checking people out for to-go meals. I've had, I had to move some of them to the kitchen. Um, fortunately, we kept our kitchen running and that was great, but it was, it was difficult. We didn't have our bar cells. We, we you know, we just had to shut down basically. And so we managed, um, and I think more or less because we are kind of that only restaurant out here. So we still had our followers. We still had our community support, um, was it easy? No, not by any means. And then you run into the, you know, after we were able to get open, it was still every other table. And, and then it became a staffing issue too, even throughout this past year. Right. Were you able to get like a PPP loan? Um, Did you participate in that program? Yes, yes, definitely. That was a huge help to us. um, Because like I said, when you can't be open, you can't make money, you need some way. And then the staff, you did keep on you you wanted to keep paying and they're here they're, they're doing their job they're you know working the front lines during this whole thing so right um are there any big plans for the future like expansion or changes coming down that you want to preview the general public on? um no nothing nothing uh, set in stone right now no previews to mention um always thinking about what we can do more of and where we can go with it um because like I said, I just love creating unique things like this in areas that, that need it. So, you know, maybe someday, but at the moment we're, we're staying focused right here. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and I, I guess I wanted to go back. You mentioned that you did a career change. You were in accounting yes. and then you decided I go to culinary school. What made you think of switching? And then do you feel like the path of like going to get a formal education was, the right way to go and then get your training or like somebody's thinking it's switching careers. How did, how did you think about that? Yes. Um, so I, I loved the financial aspect of my job, but I was getting very tired of sitting behind a desk um, day to day. I'm, I'm a mover. I'm a goer. I like to interact with people. And at the same time, my husband's, like I said, his position, his job was taking him to Seattle. So I had the choice of finding some sort of different job. And my, my mom's an amazing cook. 
um, mm -hmm. at first and people will probably laugh. I hated cooking. I hated, I did not cook when <laughs> I went to college. Like I was eating ramen noodles and grilled cheese. And, and then you start to miss, you know, your mom's cooking and I love entertaining too. And so I really, I got into cooking. I was watching the, you know, the food, food cooking shows. And I was like, you know what? I am just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to try something different. And I told myself, I was like, I would love to own a restaurant. Because, you know, I love the business aspect of things, but I was like, I need to get the technical training before even diving into it. And this was my one opportunity to go to an area, a state that is very food driven. Um, I mean, it's kind of the melting pot up there of just so many different cuisines and everything. So it was a great area to experience that. Um, going to school was awesome. Like I said, you learn the right technical way of doing things and then working in the industry just gives you that much more of a leg up. So I would say, yes, anybody looking to get into this industry, go work somewhere, go work somewhere that's, you know, well known for what they do. Go train under somebody who really knows how to make things technically correct. Go to school if you want. Um, I would say you could learn both ways, but you really got to put yourself out there. It's a hard industry. It was, um, it was eye-opening for me. I'd never worked in that line of work. So going from sitting behind a desk to being behind a, a, a hot grill and, you know, sweating and cleaning up at the end of the night. And yeah, it's given me a whole new appreciation for what a lot of people do. And, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. When you create new menu items, are you, are you at home cooking like five versions of it? How do you, how do you sort of experiment with yes, new concepts? Yes, my husband used to be the... Uh, taste tester and the guinea pig of all of it but sounds like a pretty good gift <laughs> yeah sometimes <laughs> sometimes he doesn't appreciate very much but um no more or less we down here in the kitchen you know when we have a little bit of spare time we'll pull out some and we try to utilize what we have on hand we don't like to go too crazy um sourcing all these different random things so it's like what can we come up with that we can use what we have here and it's amazing what you can all create out of a few simple ingredients as long as you're like i said technically making it right and making it taste good yeah we've we've made some pretty cool dishes yeah and so you've got some other creative inspiration oh, from your team 100 they're all creative down there and more or less i'm like you guys take over like you're doing way better jobs than i did so yeah it's been awesome just brainstorming with each other and coming up with cool concepts. So like one of your team might propose something and you're like, okay, let's try it as a special. Yep. Yep. Is that how 100%. it works? Um, we were even on a rotating schedule. Like this week it's, it's all on you. Like, what are you going to do? And so then we would say, yay or nay, or let, let's add this element or let's take this away. And yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And you, is it just like kind of subjective feedback? Like you just asked the table, what did you think of this meal? Yeah. Oh, of course. I always tell servers to go around and ask, you know, how did you, how did you like this special? And like this last week we had a, a Korean chicken bowl on the menu or as a special, we had so many customers walk up to the kitchen window. Like you need to put this on the menu. You need to put this on the menu. And like I said, we do a lot of social media too. Like we'll ask, we'll pull people like, what's your favorite thing on the menu? What do you want to see us keep? What was your favorite weekly special over the past month? And that's how we gain our customer feedback too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, and people are, they, they like that engagement. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, yes. My, my marketing person right now, she's been putting on little, um, trivia quizzes every week. And so we've had a tremendous response to that. People love it. So yeah, it's great. That's cool. So you have a person sort of dedicated to running that because that's yes. a whole other world. Of, oh, um, it is. It's a whole nother beast. And I mean, just responding to customers, to putting, to taking the pictures, to making the posts, to advertising. I mean, 
And of course you have six different platforms that you're trying to make sure you get everything on. So yeah. Um, do you think anything special for birthdays? Um, we do offer our uh, vanilla bean ice cream with any toppings that you like. So a free scoop of ice cream here. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I, I want to tell you, so my aunt Judy, tomorrow is her birthday oh, yeah. and she ordered me to come and interview you. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to tell aunt Judy, thank Judy you. happy birthday to Judy. And, uh, I would like to request a free scoop of ice cream when she comes oh, back. She lives in Lubbock. Of course, yes, free um, scoop of ice cream. And then we also have all of our other signature desserts. We can put a candle in. And okay. If it's right. a big celebration, we offer like whole cheese and cakes and carrot cakes and stuff they can purchase too. So. Okay, like do we need to call ahead if you want to do a special dessert? If or is that a, just normally you have desserts? Yeah, we always have our desserts on hand. Um, but if you would like like a whole cheesecake or something, we do require one week advance notice on that one. So. For full cheesecake? For full cheesecake. Ooh, that sounds pretty good yeah it is what kind of are there are there all kinds of cheesecakes we just offer um a new york style plain cheesecake but we have several different toppings from chocolate to caramel candy pecans um a fruit compote we make in-house and then we have a local lady who makes a raspberry chocolate sauce for us okay so. i had the dessert here that like you light on fire Yes. What is that dessert? That's our, kind of a fun, <laughs> like that was a very fun experience. Yes, it's our s'mores dessert. And we, like I said, we like to be entertaining around here. So, um, you know, it's a pastry that has chocolate and marshmallow inside served with ice cream and graham cracker crumbs. And then we flambe it to basically table side. So oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And so, okay. So for people, if they want to make a reservation, they just call, you book online. Both. Um, you can book online. It must be done one day in advance. So if you're trying to book same day, you'll have to call us. Um, but yes, call us, book online. Um, and then we do have our email available too. But you're going to get the best response if you go through our website or you call us. Okay. And same thing for people that might be interested in working here? Yes, you can actually apply online. If you go to our website, uh, there is a jobs tab and we do have an online application or stop in and talk to me and grab an application here too, so. Okay, all right. Well, um, I kind of wrapped up my questions. There any anything that we didn't talk about you'd like the general public to know about uh, your experience starting and running a new business in the middle of the country? Oh boy, you know, I don't think so. I just want to thank all of our patrons, all of my staff, like this would not be made possible to the extent it is without everybody and just the support. And like I said, just keeping that community fill and make sure that you're investing in your local suppliers is huge to me. So that, that's my advice to everybody. All right, well, thanks very much for talking with me. Everyone come out to the elephant, but just make sure you get a reservation. Yes, <laughs> please. You wanna get a table when you get here. Yes, thank you very much. All right, this is great, have a good day. See you everybody.